Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Basement Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Zane Banji, and with me is Adam Muhammad and Sean Fanjwani. Uh, we're coming to you with another hockey podcast, but more of a part two quarantine podcast where we're going to talk about more of the ifs and ends of what could happen if the NHL season were to come back after this uh, prolonged hiatus uh, due to the coronavirus. Uh, but before we get into those discussions and talking about what could happen, let's uh, check in on the boys. Uh, uh, I think it's like currently day 20, day 21 of quarantine. And uh, yeah, Adam, we'll start with you. What's up with you these days, man? Uh, nothing much uh, since the last time we checked in. Um, I got uh, pizza the other the other night, um, which was a big, big moment for me. Uh, hadn't had pizza for a while. So uh, we we went uh, the pickup route because uh, you're limiting the the contact you have with uh, people. Because then with delivery, it's just another person that has to come, and it was pretty close to our house. But then but we, Adam, uh, I, I heard I I heard that like, was it delivered in a cardboard box like usual? Yeah, but we put the alcohol wipes on the cardboard box. Oh, okay, because I heard that coronavirus can stay on a on cardboard for at least two yeah, days. Yeah, see, so I, know, then... I know. I am an allied health professional. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, uh, Adam, so... do you want to plug your ally thing that you tweeted about today? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a change dot com petition for allied health professions. Um, we'll uh, we'll link it in the the Facebook page, but uh, and it'll explain it better than I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anywho, we're talking I've about been, pizza. I've, yeah, yeah, I've been finding that um, melted cheese has started to give me problems as I age in life. The lactose intolerance. No, it's not. It's not even that. Like I, I have milk oh, every my, day. So passionate of a response I have, there. I have milk every day. I have um, reg- like room temp cheese that's like <laughs> solid. Like I have. Um, Sour cream. I have. Um, uh, You're I, a dairy uh, guy. I a huge dairy guy. Thank you. Um, and but it's just the melted cheese. It just does something to me. Like uh, I was, I was so bloated all of last night after I had the the pizza today. Whole morning was ruined in the washroom. <laughs> um, oh, no. And I also was... ruined the washroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard Sabai. I heard. I heard that restaurant in Toronto, Sabai. Sabai uh, uh, got a hold oh, of me. Oh my! We just destroyed that. Roasting. <laughs> yeah, I, it's okay. Uh, that that restaurant messed me up too. You so. know, I like to make my mark wherever I go. So, um, uh, made its mark on your shirt too. Shout out to ZB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I. I hope there's a day where I can laugh about that moment. But still fresh. Still fresh. Um, oh, yeah, to to give some backstory on that, uh, we all went out for uh, dinner at a uh, Thai restaurant in Toronto called Sabai Sabai. Great restaurant, great food, great yeah, company, great food, yeah. great food. Listen, great I, I had a, great, I great had a different experience, but we'll let you continue your story. Okay, and then um, I was where you know Zane was visiting town. Um, I was like, uh, hey, I'm going to wear one of my nice shirts, you know? He dressed up for me, everybody. I dressed he wore up a nice for the blue occasion. Shirt. He's a good friend, you know? And this is what I do, you know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so probably one of my, probably my favorite shirt, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and so we order the food and uh, one of uh, the members in our party, uh, ZD, um is his name um, <laughs> is this gonna be like a case situation where we don't uh, say the full name till after another zane danani oh, da- oh, oh exposed <laughs> he uh i don't know what the fuck he did there okay there was like curry and then for some reason he like ripped um like the meat that was inside there apart with uh his fork i don't know what the fuck he was doing but fucking curry went everywhere fuck it stained my favorite shirt 
And like the second it happened, like I went through like different. I went through like acceptance, like um, <laughs> denial. No, like I, I think funeral. I went through denial that like, oh, I'll get this out, it'll be fine. Then uh, acceptance came soon after that because <laughs> I was like, this is not coming out. Like, <laughs> there is no chance. It's it, it's a white like it was like a white and blue Hawaiian type shirt. It was like a a modern Hawaiian shirt. It was it was fashionable. You can you can quote me on that. Um, yeah. And uh, Zane Zane can attest to uh the, Listen, a little uh, bit of floral you know the traditional, yeah. the traditional hawaiian theme. yeah i'll be sure to so let then, gq know that you're you're sending this trend eh? they'll come to you for a quote yeah i know thank you thank you um and then uh they went to the washroom um there was still some hope that maybe i could be able to get this out but that was quickly um put away after i um put some water on it and there was no difference no difference whatsoever i came back to the table and then the acceptance i think turned to anger you know and what, what am i to do we're at a fa- uh, we're at a close friends gathering um and it look petty if i'm like this salty over a shirt but like you know they don't uh, like zeti didn't know the the bond i had with that shirt um, very diplomatic and- I, I don't think I don't think any of us really knew the connection you had to that shirt beforehand either, though. But just in retrospect, it would have been nice if you kind of gave us that yeah. you know, that sentimental feeling you had with the shirt. But uh, if I had done with that sound, like, hey, I, I really like this shirt, guys. That kind of sucks. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it seems like, like you needed to have that conversation, though. It seems like uh, you lost, like you and this t-shirt have a nah, special nah, this bond. Is, this is a conversation that, like, you think about later in the shower, being like, oh, fuck, I should have, like... So you tore into him after that. You know, I think the anger, that stage of anger has maintained to this day. I'm still angry about the shirt. Damn, maybe we should have him come and on the show. I don't, think I, I don't think I got a proper apology. Yeah, too. have him come on the show, give you a proper in detail. Zane, do you remember? Do you remember an apology? I don't think we ever, I don't think I ever witnessed an apology from ZD. Neither do I remember him saying anything <laughs> that night. So I think, I think we need to get ZD on the pod yeah. and, and get a public apology. And you know what? Maybe we need to have a little bit of a kangaroo court here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sean and I, Sean and I will be the moderators yeah. or I can be a witness. I don't really care, but I think we need to get ZD on the pod. Yeah. Oh, am I the asshole moment? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to Sean. Sean, what's up with you these days? Boys, nothing's changed. It's it's getting pretty boring. Uh, thinking about buying maybe like a small hockey net to kind of pass the time a little bit. Uh, maybe some. Here's an idea, right? Oh. Like uh, I I gave my like I used to have one, and then I gave it to the kids in the area. Man, same. Right, like the, the part of part of growing up. Yeah, you, you pass it on, pay it forward. Exactly. So you know. I don't have one, and uh, I actually got the idea from Akbar. He just bought a basketball net for fifty bucks from his neighbor. Man, I know. I ended up like looking up prices after that, and they're so expensive. Yeah, it's stupid. It's like four hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars for. They call them basketball systems. Yeah, which is oh, like, okay. Yo, you should just get the one. Do you know the one? Okay, you, hot shot. The one you stick to the garage, top of your garage, like doesn't have the bottom part. It's just the backboard yeah. and the rim. Yeah. You just get a rim. Don't even need the backboard. Well, I think, yeah, we are repainting our stucco soon, so any damage that's done is uh, going to be fine yeah. in the next year. And it's, yeah. like, only for a couple months. Because I'm a pretty, yeah, I'm pretty bad at basketball, so. Yeah. Actually, no, yeah, yeah. Yo, but Adam's got a great basketball shot, as we witnessed in McGill Intramurals. Yeah, yeah. He's got this, he's got this slingshot <laughs> of a three-pointer that is just lethal. Anywhere on the court, it's just like a it's, a it's an automatic three like points, a, yeah. It's See, when you originally said there. lethal, I thought you meant like he misses so bad it hits people on the sides kind of thing. <laughs> like li- literally <laughs> lethal. Well, <laughs> well, when Adam's not wearing his glasses, <laughs> that's definitely impossible. Yeah, I don't know, man. We're talking a lot of shit, but uh, PSG, his uh, shining moment. I don't think he wore glasses in that, did you? Ah. Uh. I don't even know. No, remember in the, remember in our first year he had issues seeing. Yeah. No, I I did, I did, I did. Yeah, because you weren't. Yeah, the there glasses. was a big. No, that that wasn't even in PSG. That was in uh, McGill and Tremero hockey. In, oh, remember, like yes, yes. um at uh, halftime, I put my glasses on. Like before, like in the first half, I let in five, I think, and then yeah. in the second half, I only let in like one or two. 
Yeah, I remember that. Big yeah. difference. That was against the Profs team. The Profs. Yes. That old grumpy Profs team. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. Um, Zane, what have you yeah, been up I guess to? US- uh, I've just been finishing up a few classes that I have online. So I, I'm just working on my on a, on a final paper that I have that's due in a few – that's actually due in a week, but I'll be done tomorrow hopefully, and hopefully that'll be it for my semester. What's it about? Uh, well, it's essentially my, my capstone literature review. Like it's kind of like my mini thesis. Oh. So this is the document that like reviews the research that I'm doing for it. What so, research um, are you doing? Uh, well, I'm pretty much doing some research kind of on um, whether, you know, the physical activity or the phys- physical lifestyle of teachers impacts their um, their professional practice or their professional well-being. Oh, interesting topic. <clears throat> yeah, so there's actually not a lot of research out there that's been done on this topic. So it's been hard to find some, like, relevant information on North American context. So I've been doing a little bit of research on some European research that's been that's been already done yeah. on this topic. So Here Finland's a big um, country in uh, teaching innovation. Finland and Sweden yeah, those are those really Scandinavians the best, the best the best education systems in the world pretty much. They only you're only allowed to teach with a masters over uh, there too. It's pretty uh, it's a lot more respectable I would say over there than it is anywhere else in perspective but yeah other than that just been hanging out with the family watching a lot of tv uh i recently uh just watched tiger king i I finished tiger king the other the other day which is a great show um uh, highly recommend you guys all go out and watch i know adam you're watching it sean you're definitely going to ruin some brain cells once you start watching it i don't have many Um, left to offer after love is blind and uh some of these like the bachelor and bachelorette and stuff um yeah yeah reality she- reality tv is really <laughs> kicking it right now I must i've been say. watching a survivor again. oh man that's a throwback it's so good this season. really it's only winners so it's like people who are like top notch at playing the game so it's like the it, you're not really watching for the challenges it's more like the the strategy at camp and all that shit it's it's fun to watch you know? I, it gives me uh it gives me happiness watching this because uh, it, it's the only new content for me that i'm experiencing every week that's not news yeah. no more new sports all just replays yeah. from past mm-hmm. year they got the raptors uh run but you know what um, playing. yeah that's really enjoyable Honestly, I'm not yeah. enjoying, i can't get into it I don't know why, it just like because so much of last year was like it was about them. It was also like the city coming together and the vibe was in the city that made that such a like unreal experience. And just rewatching it, it's just not the same feeling. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of boring watching game games that are that the Raptors lose or games that are blowouts because if they're losing, then it's like, I know yeah. what happens. Like, I'm not going to be happy at all at the end of this. And if it's a blowout, you're like, okay, well that's cool. They won. But like, the, I think the only games that are kind of fun are the ones that are really tight. Um, like game the, seven, uh, Philly, Philly yeah. game seven, like Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee game three went to double um, OT two two Yeah. Like knowing the significance behind, like if they lose that game, they're down o three, like, and it would it was so close to happening, <laughs> and like I think that's a cool experience. But um, I was watching last night Hockey Night in Canada had a replay of um, uh, it was like Leafs uh, Leafs Sens Sanders series yeah. from o uh, two. It was like. Lo- yeah, and that was I, – I thought that was really fun. Like, the game was in overtime. Yep. And, like, so many of the names that, like, I grew up with, like Patrick Aline, like Curtis Joseph, like Radic Bong, yeah. seeing Char on the center. Brian Lee, Joshy Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Domi, and it's, yeah. like, all these – it was a really cool experience for me. Um, but, like, honestly, I think there's, like, a lot of content that um, – can be put out there that it just isn't right now. Like, um, I, like on the other day on uh, TSN, there was um, the, the cornhole championships. Yeah. Um, although that was April Fool's, so that might have had something to do with it. But <laughs> they had a lineup. This was their their lineup from like two to six. I think they had marble races. <laughs> um, then they had um, the World Belly Flop Championships. That looks so painful. And then. Yeah, and then they had like the American Cornhole Championship, and then they aired 
dodgeball, a true underdog story. So I was thoroughly entertained um, from two to six, but like, I think there's better ways to fill up like the gaps in programming that they have rather than what uh, I've really been enjoying is like, is like the reruns of the Olympics. I love, oh, yeah, I was just about to say that. Olympic, <clears throat> like the, like Michael mm-hmm. Phelps races, Usain Bolt races, yeah. like, not even just those, but seeing the underdogs win, yeah. the, win the Olympics too. I love seeing those. And they're such captivating sports. I, like short track speed skating is so fun oh, to yeah, watch. Yeah. Even, uh, oh, like yeah. why can't we play some and of that? Like, like I guess the IOC has to uh, consent to using their footage, right? Yeah. Well, I think CBC has a lot of those rights as well too. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think like, them and sports and I have, been, have been showing them. When I was watching, the, I think that was on CBC. Um but you know that's a, that's actually a good segue into actually talking about our content for today. Uh, talking about some old time hockey. Let's get into some hockey now. Um, so as we all know, we don't really know when hockey's <laughs> coming back. Okay, so yesterday there was a a, a conference call between uh, President Donald <laughs> Trump and um, and and the professional major league sports per, uh, commissioners, including Gary Bettman, Adam Silver, Roger Goodell, to name a few, and um, they were discussing the the likeliness of the return of professional sports for the rest of the year. And it seems like the results out of that conference call were looking pretty bleak in terms of when the season will return. Uh, a lot of reports coming out of the NBA saying that they're talking more about how to fiscally and financially shut down the season in a way that is fair to all parties involved. And um, you just going off of what the previous circumstances and how the NBA shut down, it looks likely that the NHL would likely follow suit. Um, So we as sports fans, we as hockey fans are starting to lose hope on the season that was. Um, But, you know, for those of you who are optimists like us and are hoping that the NHL will return at some point soon here and play out the regular season, um, we're going to start talking about potential resolutions for the season. We'll also start talking about the the impact on other sports and the loss of revenue as well. But I think first things first, let's talk about a format that we think would work best. And um, Adam and Sean and I, before before talking before recording this podcast, we were talking about you know um, establishing a playoff bracket that would either include a twenty four team playoff or potentially finish the season as it was based on point percentage. Um, so Adam, you want to you know, take it away with? Uh, also, hold on before TSN. before we yeah. it, just one thing: the meeting with Trump wasn't like thing. He wants everything to go back. Um, he wants everything to start up. So it's it's interesting to and the leagues are the ones that are more hesitant that are following medical professional advice. Um, so that's just like an interesting kind of uh, twist in there. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Yeah, and that's really important to point out too. I think that. I think political opinions aside, I think it's, it's, well, I think it's all right to say that I think it's fair to agree upon that. I don't think he's really been the best person to, to go about this process for the USA. And yeah. Process, and somehow so. his approval ratings have never been higher. Everything about him has never been. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. propaganda at the end of the day, but um, Adam, you want to take it away? Uh, yeah. So for, for sure. Um, for uh, the first kind of format uh, that has been talked about a lot is just, finishing the season as is um and um honestly that's becoming increasingly it's becoming increasingly likely that there won't be a regular season and they would just go into some form of playoff um just because of what the timelines are looking like and how long this uh this virus is uh seeming to seemingly going to last um but if we did end it as is um and we went with uh, the traditional 16-team playoff. Um, I think it's only natural to do that based on point percentage. Um, it's the fairest way since there are differences in games played between um, some playoff teams and some bubble teams. So point percentage um, is um, kind of the fairest way to go there. Um, Adam, before you want to just explain point percentage for those listeners who may not maybe don't understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, so point percentage is pretty much just um, dividing um, the points you have by the maximum possible points you could have. So um, it's it's better than just going off wins um, since there's uh, like a loser point in the NHL. So, um, for example, the point percentage for a team that uh, over four games went uh, two wins, one OT loss, and one loss 
So their maximum amount of points over that stretch of time would be eight points. Um, but they ended up getting uh, five points. So five divided by eight um, gets you that point percentage. So uh, Adam, why don't you tell us what that point You hesitated there a little bit. What's the point percentage there, buddy? Yeah, so that, that would 67.5%. be... 67.5%. Um, uh, yeah, that's what... Oh my god, I just tried to like look suave and Google five divided <laughs> by eight. And um, the first result in Google is um, five feet, eight inches. So... I don't know why. Interesting that happened. Um, okay, that that's kind of is weird. the slash is the slash bar supposed to stand for? Feet yeah, I guess in that so. Instance Are, is okay. five eighths like five eighths is also a common. Like, uh... Yeah, people probably start searching like you know what is five eighths in like. Yeah. I don't know. I just two. like that's annoying. Like I want Google to be able to calculate things for me. That's just um weird algorithm yeah um but yeah it's 6.625 did what did i oh i said 67.5 that's my yeah. bad got too excited there yeah yeah sean trying to clown that's my me. bad i was testing Not out google google. Yeah. google papa was right yeah okay good well now now we know where google papa stands on this debate yeah how much have we derailed this call so far <laughs> we're having a hard time anywho. focused Point percentage, um, that's what point percentage is. Um, so if we look at, uh, we can base our uh, base a bracket then pay, based on what um, point percentage would be. So if we look at uh, based on point percentage, what the standings would be, um, I'll go through the Western Conference first. So in the Pacific, um, the top three teams would be Vegas first, then Edmonton, then Vancouver. Um, the Central, um, it would be St. Louis first, then Colorado, then Dallas. Uh, the wildcard teams would be Nashville um, first and then Calgary. Um, and then, so this is where it gets kind of crappy because it's such a small um level of difference between the teams like so calgary their point percentage is uh 0.564 and winnipeg's is 0.563 so it would suck to to miss the playoffs based on 0.001 of uh, and it's already so tight in that nashville and vancouver have 0.565 yeah yeah um and then uh, and if you look at the Eastern Conference um, in the Atlantic Division, um, number one is Boston, number two is Tampa Bay, number three is Toronto. Um, in the Metro, it's number one, Washington, number two, Philly, number three, Pitt. Um, and the wild card is number one, Carolina, and number two, uh, the New York Islanders. So Columbus is uh, just missing out in that. So, how does that shake out into um, into actual um, matchups? So, in the first round, um, we can go series by series and kind of go through who we'd think. Um, yeah. So, the first uh, one in the West, then uh, it would be um, it would be Calgary against St. Louis. Uh, Sean, what do you Louis, think about that I think Vladi Tarasenko's back. Um, so that team is even deeper than they already are. Yeah. Battle tested. Calgary's not a player. I think teams. Calgary is better than. Because like, who takes Calgary's place? No, oh. I'm, no, I'm just saying they're not a team that performs oh, yeah, yeah, well yeah, in no, the no. playoffs. Like that brand of hockey doesn't mesh yeah. with what they do in the regular season to make them somewhat successful. I think the biggest thing here in this matchup, I don't think Calgary would have a favorable matchup against St. Louis. I think a favorable matchup, I, I think St. Louis would have a tougher time against a team like Winnipeg, a team that is more built to play, you know, a full 60 minutes, rugged, rough and tumble game against a team yeah. like St. Louis who proved that they could do it last and year like, look in the playoffs. At, so, yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to... I'm just going to second that shot and say St. Louis, I think, takes... Yeah, and then look at Calgary, like, matchup. last year against uh, Colorado and... They just like they. It felt like they they were just not prepared for that brand of playoff hockey, like speed and toughness, and um, and their top players 
didn't really meet the moment. Um, and I don't really yes. believe that uh, Goodrow, Monaghan, uh, and um, Geo are like the core of a team that can go far in the playoffs. Like I like Kachuk and Bennett. Um, they're probably the big playoff. Uh, that I can foresee them doing well in a playoff round, but need more than that to uh, make any noise. So yeah, I would uh, third you guys. So I, and I pick think I, I don't. I don't want to knock Johnny Gaudreau because he kind of like yeah. maybe not the same player, but uh, Marty St. Louis kind of guy who could end up being a big performer. But overall, I don't. Yeah, you're right. Like I don't think that team's good enough. Just straight up. Yeah. Well, there's like the mental I think, game, I think and exactly. there's the like. Um, like the, I think yeah, yeah. there's two aspects of the game, right? Like, um, skill-wise, Gaudreau has enough skill to be successful in any phase of the game, yeah. playoffs, regular season, whatever. But um, it just feels like in these bigger moments, he's not really stepping up to the to the plate. Yeah, there's not really many like memorable goals that he's really scored in his career, in to my understanding. I I, I don't think because. I haven't really seen him score or been the guy to score those clutch goals. It's always been Kachuk or Monaghan and in those situations for Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. He tends but, to get um, swallowed by them. Even just yeah. watching him for me, like last year, I um, saw him pretty closely in that Colorado series and he was just snake bitten and bad body language the whole series and getting consistently um, beaten for pucks and just not what you want to see in what is supposedly yeah. your best player. Right. So let's move on to that second that second matchup in Colorado versus Colorado. Dallas. What do you guys got in that? I, I don't. I think. I think go Colorado's. Ahead, yeah. I'll, no, I'll, go ahead, I'll, go ahead. Yeah. Go on. I think Colorado's built so well. Um, like, I when they're fully healthy, they're um, like the moves that Sackix made in the off season, and pretty much they they've all kind of really. Um, worked out like especially like the Nichushkin um, deal he made. He's kind of turned into a really good player for us. Um, that's kind of shored up our third uh, third line. So um, I really like that Nemesnikov yeah. move. Yeah, that they made yeah. The deadline too, like for like, a fourth rounder. That was a really yeah, good. Like I like how they move. didn't kind of sell the farm for uh, one of those top guys. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I really think that Colorado can make some noise and they've also like shown in the past they, they have some experience now and they have some ex- experience with success like in the playoffs and not being a team that uh, just does that first round exit so um yeah I, I'm gonna take Colorado as well I think the only the only advantage I think Dallas has over Colorado and and Adam, I think you're totally going to contest this, though, is the goaltending. I think Dallas has a little bit more consistent goaltending than Colorado. Given, you know, you know, French, Francouz and, uh, and Grubauer have kind of split the net this season and have both performed on an average level. I think Ben Bishop has played to a bit of a higher level individually and has been able to kind of take the net. And I think that's where I think his, his game-breaking ability may come in handy for Dallas and that may stand the edge. But it'll be tough to withhold you know, keep McKinnon and Landis Gog and, and Ranson. Yeah, no, I would agree sure. with that, that uh, Bishop's the, Bishop I think the other bit of it for me is also, you know, that Dallas team has been built the same way for such a long time. And I, it's similar to Calgary. I just don't think they have, there's some good players on that team. I just don't think they have enough to be a contending team. But totally crazy if the fact is like this year, I think what they had the best defensive team in hockey, like the lowest goals against per game. By I think like point two or point three, I could be wrong. Someone I can hear someone typing, so I'm hoping they're fact checking. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, despite that, it just that team for some reason just isn't can't figure it out, and I don't know what about it that team just can't seem to get over the hump. They're in the playoffs every year. They're becoming like Minnesota, uh, where they get in and just can't do anything. So, but also Colorado's too dynamic. I think that team just can play any style. So, yeah, I think this is the first since McCarr is up. This is like the first year of our like quote unquote cup cup window um, that we're yeah. going to be like legit contenders for. Um, that we've been working towards this um, since we drafted McKinnon, I guess. 
Um, and then this is the kind of the culmination of that. But uh, that's why I really like what Sackick did to not really kind of take on a lot of big contracts too, um, to, so we can sustain this window as long as possible. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next series, um, we have um, Vegas and Nashville. Um, so, uh, Banji, what do you think uh, about this? Uh, you know, I think Nashville was lucky to get into the playoffs. Was able, was lucky to squeak into the playoffs, given how poor their goaltending was all season long. Um, I think I'm a huge proponent of goaltending matchups in in, in the playoff series. Um, you need a good goalie to get onto the next round and to stand there, stand on his head. So I'm gonna go with Vegas. I think Vegas has has the edge over Nashville. Not only because they have Flurry, but I think Flurry's been up and down so much this season that they also got Robin Leonard. I think was which is a great acquisition for them at the deadline. Um, I think having a two-headed monster in that will definitely go a long way for them in the playoffs. So I'll take I'll take Vegas. Same. And Nashville. I I think Vegas. Uh, also Sean, what do you think? Started really slow and they've been picking it up. Um, and it's a team that's like, was it last year or the year before that they went the distance? Yeah, it was 2017. It was when they went so, when they played against you know, that, the team Cubs, that for the most part the pieces are still there, um, well built and you know well coached as well. And and like I think you you said it perfectly. I, I just don't think goaltending for Nashville is good enough. At the end of the day, a, a goalie can steal a series, and I just don't think Pekka Rene has it in the yeah. in the tank anymore. For some reason, it's he's fallen off a cliff, which is crazy. Yeah, the only thing for me with Vegas is, mm-hmm. you know, they have such great tangibles on the ice. I think it's the intangibles that might come and hurt them. I think Pete DeBoer doesn't really have the best record when it comes to the playoffs. He's known to being, like, you know, getting a one, maybe second round, two, one or two rounds in the playoffs and then falling out. I think he only made it to the Stanley Cup Finals once when he was with New Jersey mm-hmm. when they played against the Kings back in 2014, I believe it was. But I, I think that, you know, in, in a... Pete DeBoer, as a as a coach, he's a great regular season coach. But when it comes to playoffs and matchups, and in terms of getting guys up and ready for games, I think he ha- he he lacks something. Something yeah. would, he should have done more with that San Jose Sharks team. And I don't know, I don't know how he didn't. But uh, I also thought it was quite the other bit of it is, Vegas, yeah. But, like I also think um, like besides matching up because they they picked up um, who was it. Uh, was it last year that they picked someone up? So who was really good with Pacioretty? Or, yeah, I like. Stone? I think I think last year that worked out really well, and I think this year like Pacioretty's continued to settle in. Like I know he was on my fantasy team, and he was he started off really slow for the first month or two, and then he just heated up, and he's been on a roll. They've got two good lines there too. So yeah, Adam and uh, stats guy coming in. Um, in uh, I know Travis Yost, uh, contributor on TSN, did an article a few years ago on what are kind of the best predictors of playoff success, and uh, I believe the 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 most uh, consistent one that he kind of found was um, Corsi four percentage in the last thirty games of regular season. Um, so who's kind of um, rounding into form right at the end of the year um, and playing that strong puck possession game that's uh, really effective in the playoffs. Um, and number one in the league, um, if you look at the last month or so, um, is Vegas right now. Their Corsi 4 percentage is 57.82. Um, so um, we'll, uh, we'll get into, uh, we were talking about this earlier, about uh, one podcast just dedicated to um, a deep dive into advanced stats and what is Corsi and Fenwick and PDO and a few other um, different advanced stats. But uh, just basically for this, um, it's Corsi's just an attempt to measure um, shot attempt differential while at even strength play. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, so, um, 50, I believe 57% of the time, um, or sorry, 57% of the shots, um, so that's shots on net, um, shots that are blocked, and shots that miss the net. So anything directed at the net, um, if you look at the shots in the game, 57% of those shots, like all of those shots I described, are f- coming from um, Vegas. 
So they're kind of controlling the shots and that's kind of like a way to gauge for how often they have the puck. So if you have the puck more, you're shooting more. Um, or sorry, if you're shooting more, then you have the puck more. So that's kind of a way that they gauge that. Yeah, Adam's always been good at predicting brackets over the past couple of years. He's won all of our playoff brackets that we've had. As a, <laughs> Not a big deal. As a friend group, so... Yeah, it's a nice, nice little shot, nice little plug for you. Um, next round, I guess to consider in the West, the last one, um, based on points percentage, would be Edmonton versus Vancouver. Uh, Adam, what do you uh, got this matchup? matchup um, honestly, I, I like uh, Vancouver. Um, I think they're built really similar to Colorado, maybe like a year behind and a year or two behind in their process. But um, I think that. Um, Saying you'll probably argue me on this, but um, I I don't watch enough uh, Oilers hockey to be convinced that they're not top. They're not top heavy to the extent that like I feel like they're too top heavy to be successful in the playoffs because you have to play all the lines and everyone has to be contributing. You can't just rely on uh, Drysdale McDavid. Um, and I think Vancouver, when everyone's healthy, um, their team is a bit more well-rounded. But on the other side of that, um, the the top is very heavy. Like Drysaddle and McDavid are better than anyone, are way better than anyone that Vancouver has on their roster. So, uh, what's your what's your take on that? Well, um, since the trade deadline, Edmonton had a bit of like a mediocre record. Um, I think the installment of that Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, dry slide line was a great way to take pressure off of McDavid to be the, the guy to drive, to drive the offense. And what we've seen, I think, since the acquisitions of Ennis, since the acquisitions of Athanasio, um, they're starting to bit, there was a little bit more um, familiar, familiar, familiarity with the players that they were kind of joining and it seemed like the team was kind of starting to take shape, although they kind of were on a bit of a losing streak before the coronavirus hiatus. Um, I think that they were, they're a lot better suited to play in a playoff series post deadline than they were before the deadline. I think, and this was a great contribution, or it was a great acquisition for them. Him playing with uh, Athanasio McDavid on the top line definitely kind of gives the orders with, uh, gives the orders at, Two headed, two monster lines to go against any other team is two other top two lines, and the depth I think is certainly there. Guys like Josh Archibald and Riley Shahan, not only power, penalty kill specialists, but they've been also been able to contribute um, five one five too. So I, I think um, they're a lot more deeper than they were after the deadline. Deadline um, that that said, we also lost the season series to the Vancouver Canucks this year, um, but I would have liked to see them play the Canucks post deadline to see how we matched up but i'm gonna be honest with my with my take i think vancouver would be oh. um in the first round i i just i watched every they vancouver well. versus edmonton Vancouver's game this watch. year with k they do play well they do they're a lot more structured and they're able to kind of i think they do they're one of the best teams at containing Connor mcdavid um, so I think if you can shut down Connor McDavid effectively, you've got a good chance of winning. So yeah. my pick is Vancouver against. Vancouver. I'll make it a consensus Sean, pick. What do you think? Um, like yeah. I, I could be wrong. I haven't watched enough games, but is it is it be, like Vancouver is also kind of a fast team, right? Is it because they can, right? Yeah, so like you can kind of contain McDavid like, a little bit yeah. in that sense, um, as much as you can contain McDavid, which I don't think it's really all that possible. Like once he once he gets going, he's uh, he's lightning out there. But uh, I just think the way Vancouver is built, I think just top to bottom, they're just deeper there. Um, there's some more pieces there, um, yeah. and I also, yeah, yeah. Well, Vancouver is built like a playoff team. They're they're high four checking and they're yeah. puck possession team. It, those are two key things you need in a playoff. So yeah, and also I like I, I think to, to have some durability too. Right? I, I think I yeah. think having him there makes a huge difference. I don't I think if he I don't think if he's not there this year that that they have the same chance against thing because then it just it's your top forwards going against each other i think he's really kind of helped stabilize that back end a little bit and uh yeah 
And then um, based on their uh, Corsi 4 percentage that said I was talking about earlier um, on the last 30 games, um, Edmonton is uh, 28th in the league, so pretty low there. Um, and th- that was something I saw in uh, Colorado's one season where they um, kind of – they were really bad for a long time, and then it was McKinnon's rookie year, and they won the Central out of nowhere. Um, and then they lost to the Wild in the first round, and that was another situation where their Corsi 4 percentage was really low. They're getting outshot, like um, um, an outchanced most games, but their goalie was kind of standing on their head, um, which isn't very sustainable. Because like when, when um, uh, you're not as... Um, I think in this situation, like um, Zane, would you kind of say that um, the Canucks are a bit more well-rounded? Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, I would agree that they're a little bit more well-rounded, but I think they're a little bit more yeah. built like a playoff team right now. I don't think that Edmonton has the same forechecking or commitment to forecheck that. Yeah, that and then I think their special teams are really good too. So. The the Canucks special teams, and that that's kind of like um, where. Um, when you have to contain McDavid on the power play, that's the really tough task. And when you have really good systems in place for that, well, then it makes it a bit easier. Well, I mean, I don't know if, if Vancouver would be Edmonton on the special teams though. Edmonton is kind of ranked one and two in, in both power play and, and penalty kill right now. So, so I'm my, sure that would be an area of strength for Edmonton going into this kind of My question play. becomes, like, I don't know, so yeah. I don't it's a different story in the, the, the play. There was so. an article going around how Connor McDavid isn't a complete player. What, what, like, you're wasting kind of McDavid, like, just destroying teams. What, what's wrong with that team? Like, what do they need to actually get over the hump and win a series or, or make some, like, noise in the playoffs? Um, I, I think that McDavid needs, I mean, he's, he's been looking for a winger. He's been looking for someone other than Dry Saddle so that Dry Saddle could play on a different line. He's looking for his, his Kunitz or his, his uh, Dupuis. What's, what was the other guy that Crosby played with? Dupuis. Pascal. Yeah, Simon Dupuis. That, that was a, Pascal. Pascal Dupuis. I think McDavid needs those kinds of guys on his line. They're all who are defensively responsible, which makes Connor McDavid more defensively responsible. Um, there's been a lot of times in clutch moments of a game. Not only in overtime, but just like third period, late third period, that Edmonton's holding a lead where McDavid and sometimes Drysaddle is, he's known for this, but McDavid sometimes will not be picking up his guy in the slot, which leaves a guy wide open, ready for a 1T, and boom, it's right in the the back of the net because McDavid or Drysaddle are looking for the pass, a breakout pass, and exiting the defensive zone. And I think if McDavid has, you know, line mates that are more defensively minded, are able to contribute offensively, like a guy like like Dupuis or like a guy like um, like not not Jake Gensel. I wouldn't say Jake Gensel, but guys like Crosby has played with who are defensively oriented too. Jason Zucker, Connor Sheary, kind of right now, and that line's been rolling. Um, but yeah, yeah, Zucker's been a great addition. That's been a great line. Yeah, so I mean, that's one thing I think that the Edmonton Oilers need. Um, I think they also need a, a, a good fourth line centerman. I don't think I think we've been lacking a fourth line centerman for a while, and I'm hoping that it's coming up in the uh, from the farm team, but in the form of potentially Ryan McLeod. But not really sure, uh, and it's tough to see. I miss hockey so much. I kind of feel rusty too. So like I'm I'm like thinking to myself, I'm basically recalling a lot of stuff that I was that I remember from yeah you don't keep us uh, up to date with everything since it's uh, sharp not there 24 7 Um, so if uh, so just to summarize that our second round um, now for the West is uh, St. Louis against Colorado and then Nashville against Vancouver so I checked earlier just to make sure but um, they don't reseed the teams um, after the first round in the NHL playoffs so um that's something good to know. Food for thought. Um, so we have our <laughs> next series um, in the second round. So that would be St. Louis against Colorado. That'd be a lot of fun. I think this would be an amazing series. Watching, yeah, watching the games that St. Louis and Colorado yeah. has played this past season and the past couple of seasons, they've developed a bit of a rivalry. Um, there was a big game um, 
not last year, not last season, but the season before, game 82 was St. Louis against Colorado, and the winner essentially made the playoffs as the eighth seed. So since then, they've both kind of been coming into form on the same. Um, they've both been um, becoming that like consistent playoff team in the same kind of timeline. Um, St. Louis has been more consistent with that, but um, and St. Louis obviously won the cup last year. So congrats to them. Uh, and uh, followed it up with uh, no, no cup hangover from, for them. They, uh, Played pretty freaking well this year. Uh, first in the first West, in the yeah. West. Not a big deal. Um, so, yeah, based on the games, so I can go first on this one. I think, um, I think St. Louis takes it. Um, I think they're uh, physically they physically outmatch Colorado. Um, and stuff just gets called less in the playoffs. And when you're getting physically dominated, like St. Louis just tends, they did that to teams all playoffs last year. Um, when you can physically dominate teams and still have the speed and scoring to back that up, then that's the recipe for playoff success. So um, I think Colorado is very dynamic. And um, I think like, I think even though stuff gets called less, like, Colorado will still have like um, like a penalty advantage, so I think then it comes down to can they um, put the puck in on the PP, and they haven't been doing amazing this year in that regard. So I think that's the the X factor um, and the difference maker in what uh, would give St. Louis the series. That's an interesting take. I, I I would I'd have to go with Colorado in this series just because uh, I think the firepower that the Colorado has this year. Um, I think would totally outmatch St. Louis. And I know in a playoff series, it's more about, you know, the X's and the O's and, you know, the physicality and all that kind of stuff. But I think Colorado is just built to get past a team like St. Louis this year, just because they've always kind of fallen short the past few years. They fall, they fell short against. Yeah, so, well, it's just two last years, year. right? It's uh, the beginning of their window now. So, yeah, but you know, yeah, the window, the window is opening. I think a guy like Landis Gog is, would be, crucial in the sort of series he'd be the guy to go head to head with guys like ryan o'reilly um and he would i think kind of eliminate some pressure that potentially mckinney would face um i think just the dynamics that the, the depth that colorado has the star power that they have kind of further down their lineup too with burkowski yeah. burkowski exploded this year if he could produce at a consistent rate uh in the playoffs i think st louis has a tough time containing that but again, I'm going to go back to my goaltending. I think St. Louis has the edge with goaltending as well, too. So with Jordan Bennington in that. So uh, it'd be a, a tough, for sure, entertaining uh, series hey. to watch. But I'm going to pick Colorado. All right, uh, Sean, you're the uh, so, deciding vote. I, Who wins the series? I'll just start by saying I, I, I think uh, St. Louis takes it. Um, yeah. Uh, but honestly, yeah. I see this, this series turning into – like best of seven for sure, but also becoming like, do you remember a couple of years ago, the series between Chicago and like, whether it be LA or LA versus San Jose, where it'd be like, you know, it's going seven games. It's going to be hard fought. There's like, it's fighting for every inch. Like those classics. I feel like this is what these two teams yeah. are going to become over the years. Um, and Zane said it. I think goaltending is going to be a huge deciding factor. Also, I just I don't think Colorado's ready yet. I think Colorado needs another another year. Um, I think they need another piece on the back end. Owen Byram, right? So Owen Byram. Like, I I think you add in an, yeah. you add that in, and I think also like they've lost a lot of guys this year to injuries and stuff. And as much as they'd be back to healthy, it's just not the same rhythm yeah. versus for the most part, St. Louis has been okay outside of like Chapo Meester and Vlad Tarasenko. Yeah. Right? No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because it's not just it's not just guys coming back from injury. It's that... building up that chemistry that you've been yeah. um, building up all year. But I don't know. That just seems like the recipe for a cup for for a Stanley Cup winner. In the past few years, we've always seen the winners that have kind of faced some adversity through the beginning of the year, no matter it be injuries or whether it just be absolute shit play. I think Colorado is has the has the storybook ending 
being on the season being a cup like, championship for me, potentially because I think go ahead, go ahead, they're sorry, really sorry. well built and um, the, for me, the, but like, yeah, honestly, if there's any team, no, that, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to sound ridiculously biased when I say this, but if there's any team that has that kind of story that like St. Louis had last year, it's the Leafs more than anyone else. I don't think like, right. Like, like, but like, like, cause like, I, I don't think Colorado has that story. I, don't really I knew that was coming. Shit there, but like, you look at the Leafs where it's like bottom of the standings, switch the head coach around the same time St. Louis did. They've been near the top of the league since the coaching change. Like that has more of a storybook kind of vibe to it. Not that they're actually going to win. I, I don't believe for a second that they're going to be able to pull this off. Um, but yeah, you could say the same thing about Dallas. Yeah, a lot of adversity, right? So you know, Vegas, I, I think yeah. there's better even like, Vegas of those kind of things than than Colorado per se. But I just think in in that matchup, I I, I just think it, it they're St. Louis is now that like battle-tested, well-built, mentally strong team, and I think they just prevail. Um, but it, it, it's a series that doesn't end like 4 yeah. nothing or 5-1. I think it goes the distance. Right. Yeah, and there's a couple overtime games. Oh, it's like going to be, be one of the yeah. better series from recent years. Man, I'm going to be so yeah. sad if there's no playoffs and we don't get overtime right. hockey. Like, the best sporting Is... thing that you can watch. Yeah, that would suck. If I could just watch one thing, like one type of sport, it would be over. It would be overtime hockey, like sun death overtime hockey. Because you see, like the better ultimate than anything else. Like in my just, opinion. it's crazy. yeah. The stakes are so and high and like and... like guys are diving in front of everything. They're flopping. They're reaching. It is. It is such good like entertainment and I don't think it gets enough appreciation that it deserves. Yeah, just having a team oh, in the yeah. battle, like <laughs> your heart's moving. Your heart your heart's pumping like it's it's like the most stressful thing like overtime hockey when you're oh, yeah. you're cheering it's, for the team in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Should we move yes. on to the next the next round guys? It's uh so we we predicted Vegas yeah. versus Vancouver. Um, Adam, uh, Vegas got Vancouver. Um, I think Vegas takes that. Um, yeah, I think uh, Vancouver's. Um, I think they they don't really have the experience to um, to pull that out. I I think experience like people talk about how like uh, like heart and intangibles and stuff like that are, are kind of bullshit, but. I think in the, in the playoffs they do have, they do play some part. Like um, being in the being in the playoffs, it, it definitely adds something to um, how you're reacting in certain situations. And I feel like Vegas just having been in the playoffs um, past two years um, versus the Canucks who haven't. Yeah, like the, heartbreak the Canucks, last like year I, too. they don't have much experience on that roster um, in terms of playoff. Um, acumen so um, not just because of that but also because of Vegas's advanced stat background um, just how Vegas is playing lately um, I just think they have the the clear edge in a few different areas uh, I'm, I'll go next I think that Vegas takes takes this series as well too but I think that this game potentially goes to six games. This series goes to six games, in my opinion, just because I think Vancouver will be able to sneak out a few tight wins or an overtime win here and there. I think Vancouver has the durability and that if this game goes to game seven, I think Vancouver has the edge just because of their youth. And I think I completely agree with you, Adam, about the experience factor and how, you know, it helps to have the intangibles and everything. But I think... The, the fountain of youth that Vancouver has will kind of go a long way in terms of the durability to be able to go longer in playoff games and, and just kind of grind a team out. And I think Vancouver has the has the, the tools to do that. Like I said, they're forechecking beforehand. Their, their commitment to defensive play and, and sticking to key players, I think that Vancouver has the edge when it comes to um, you know long-term games. But I think um, overall Vegas will take this series just given their 
their goaltending yeah. and just their, their uh, front two. Um, Sean, what's your pick? Why. Part of me wants to say Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's a it's that I think the team's gonna be very good. I think it's gonna surprise a lot of people because th- they don't play like rookies. They don't play like young kids the, in their style and everything. So I think I, I definitely think it goes yeah. to the distance. Yeah, like if they they're got also such caught, an inconsistent team. They ha- they go on runs and then they like have huge slumps. Right? So um, yeah, if they got, but I, I, I think like realistically, I think. Uh, Vegas wins it. You've got a team that has Stastny, Marcia So, Carlson, Patchetti, and Cousins who've all done it. Cousins did it. Yeah, yeah. right. Because Stone's Mark out. Mark Stone right. too. Uh, Chicago. Black right. Fox. So that's and so is Alex Tuck. Yeah. So, but so that's yeah. that's just a good team. And oh, then yeah, I think yeah. uh, on the back end you have a guy like Alec Martinez who can who's what two cups from his own thing. Right, so there's a lot there, or and then the cup I think Flurry is just a playoff performer. I don't think Flurry gets enough love for this stuff he does in the playoffs. Honestly, I think they go with Leonard long term. I think Leonard is going to be the star in the playoffs and rest I, I of the season. Be interesting to see. I think Leonard is better be right now than, than Flurry. I hot take. Yeah. Hot take. Uh, all right, I so um, then our Western Conference final um, is. Uh, St. Louis against uh, Vegas. So, wow, uh, we we really <laughs> picked the uh, the underdogs. Number one uh, seed in the Central versus number one seed in the Pacific. Um, uh, all right, what do you guys? I uh, think I'll go. Uh, I guess uh, Zane first. What do you think between St. Louis and uh, and Vegas? I'm, you know, I made the pick that Colorado would make it out of the St. Louis series, but, and so I think that will kind of, I don't know what, what that will play a factor into this decision, but I, I think that St. Louis will, will, will take a series against Vegas um, just because of their kind of commitment to to defense and their just ability to just kind of run a team over. And I think that St. Louis will have that ability to do that against Vegas. It'd be cool to see Ryan Reed oh, the against, the, against the Blues, how how amped up he would be. Yeah, he hates all those guys. Him against Vince Dunn and um, their depth guys. Like, um, who is the guy that Spin Chickets always has? The uh, What's his name? Bertuzzo? His name's on the edge of my yeah. tongue. But anyways... Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo and Reeves going at it all series long would be fun to see. But um, I, I think I'm going yeah, to pick. I'm gonna like, pick like I don't, and, and it, I don't think there's much need for an explanation. Teams just built bottom to top like a contender. Not much yeah, has changed. They've improved, if anything. And uh, you're getting back. A, the only major thing they're missing is a healthy, uh, like Bozax was out. He's going to be back. He was day to day. And then you get a Tarasenko who's rested. That team's destructive. I think, yeah. Right. So, and David Perron too. Yeah, he's been a force this um, year. So. Yeah, for me, um, I would say, I think a fully healthy Vegas team. Uh, I would pick them. Um, so uh, going back to that Corsi thing, so Vegas is that number one team, um, and St. Louis is number three over that one month time span. So kind of checks out that um, they're kind of the top two teams um, battling it out um, for that Western Conference title. Um, I think experience wise, they both have tons of experience. Um, I think that Vegas. Um, I don't know. I, I just I like I like their game more. I like how um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like, do you do you guys think that after a team has won, there's less kind of um, there's less uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there, there's less kind of yeah. There's less motivation to motivation. Uh, I, I like, think it's still there. To put it all on the line. Like on on paper like a team that hasn't won and been so close in Vegas versus a team that has just won like there's got to be some difference in like how much your will yeah the desperation the, the desperation the motivation too. like you got to think that yeah, Vegas but has like, a bit for me, more of that, I, I just, based I, like, on that background like that might be true but i think 
having won it. You just kind of know how. And you'll hear coaches, I, I think that's Athletic had an article about this or somewhere or someone did, where it's like once you've won it one time, you know what it takes to win it again. You know what you have to do. And I, I just think yeah. that plays for St. Louis. Because if you look at the past however many years, the team that consistently get to that four final four teams out of the each the two teams out of each conference they're the teams that have been doing it for a couple of years that at some point won it or or went the distance right so you had like chicago la for a bunch of years you had pittsburgh and boston that do it every year washington was always in there right like i don't i don't i don't know if desperation is enough i think if you just yeah. know how to do it it just becomes natural to you and they just have it it also just comes down to yeah, it also just comes down to execution too. Like I think Vegas has had trouble executing in in the past couple past couple years. Uh, you know, I'll I'll agree that it was a bit of a tough call on their uh, against them. Matt Pavelski, um, horrible call, right in the playoffs. So I think it just comes down to execution at the end of the day. Um, Vegas just hasn't been able to to do that, and I think that's where St. Louis has the edge in that they've been able to just pull out. <laughs> Or been able to stick with it, you know. Just, just also just the other thing I'll say is, I, I like Pete DeBoer. Throughout, do we think he can win a Stanley Cup? So, yeah, as a head coach, right? He had some very good teams over the years in San Jose, like very good teams, and yeah, he can do I it. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not swaying. I like. I like. Uh, I like Vegas in this series. Um, but yeah, the consensus, I guess, uh, St. Louis uh, gets out of the the West. And um, Banji, what are your uh, thoughts on what's next? Yeah, man. So I guess that'll come to an end for this episode for us. Um, we've kind of taken it to more of a more of a predictions podcast uh, as opposed to talking about the potential resolutions. But uh, that's okay. So stick around for next podcast where we'll be talking about. Eastern Conference and making our predictions and projections for who we think makes it to the Stanley Cup uh, against the St. Louis Blues. Um, (laughs) We're 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 a dynamic podcast. podcast. I was going to use the word agile, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We like to change on the fly. (laughs) We we like to change on the fly here. Uh, So that's another podcast in the books. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, Have a good one. Stay safe. Wash your hands. See you. Stay at home.